This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, whether that's Rovers throwing in a drab nil-nil in the Championship or taking Newcastle all the way to a penalty shootout in the fifth round of the FA Cup, You'll always be winning with McDelivery. So, the only thing left to say is, are you in? Order now on the McDonald's app and you can also get rewards points delivered too. So, the ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants 18+. plus. Rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Major phone carriers make you sign contracts with rigid data plans to trap you into a kind of forced phonogamy. Sounds pretty insecure if you ask me. At Consumer Cellular, we believe in a more consensual and healthy form of phonogamy, free of contracts and more flexible to your data needs. This way, you stick around not because we force you to with contracts and fees, but because you love our phone plans. Like ardently love our phone plans. Phonogamously. Consumer Cellular. When Freedom calls, we're here to answer. Call us at 1-888-FREEDOM. It's the first game, but it's one game out of many games. So it's about doing the right things, the concrete things. What do we expect for our players? Every player should be able to, to wake up in the night. We're doing this tomorrow. This will happen. They're well prepared. Uh, and so in that way, and the boys will be well prepared. Uh, so in that way, it's nothing special for me. Maybe because I tried a lot in my life. Uh, but on the other hand, I'm very excited to have my first, uh, first game in the stadium with supporters in a new club, so I'm a little bit split, a little bit, I'm not confused, but a little bit different. Normal game, you need to, to do a good performance as team, and in a new situation, with new fans uh, and in a nice stage, and yeah, that, that's great. So I'm looking forward to that part. So uh, I, I feel that the passion is there, I feel there's a lot of Rovers fans who's actually travelling with the club, so I'm looking forward to, to, see, to see all the fans in the stadium. Hi, I'm Matt Janssen, and you're listening to the BRFCS Podcast. This is a BRFCS Podcast, sponsored by the lovely people at The Terrace Store. Follow them on Twitter at The Terrace Life and check out their website at theterracestore.com. Welcome everyone to another episode of the BRFCS podcast. And at this time of year, what we usually do is we get a panel together and we talk about the issues of the day and we try to make some predictions. This season is no different. We're not blessed with originality. So we've got a panel and we're going to talk about the issues of the day and we're going to make some predictions. So I'd like to welcome to the podcast, I'll go around the Zoom window from my top left, Michael Taylor. Regular guest on the podcast. How has your how has your summer been? Well, Ian, you said this time of year. Well, this time of year, we're usually watching cricket, eating True. ice cream, or going on our holidays. 
not buying tickets for the Rovers match on Saturday. Well, there you go. And this time last week, of course, we're all melting in 40 degree heat. So uh, this is, <laughs> looking out the window, it's absolute monsoon conditions at the moment, which is quite interesting. Yes, an 80% chance of rain at E. Wouldn't have bought tickets in row eight. So. Uh, moving around my Zoom window then, I can see... Um, I used the word stalwart once on one pod and then thought I was insulting her. I want to say, let's, let, let's sort of say a mainstay then of the, of the podcast. Lynn's Lewis. Lynn's always nice to chat to you. How has your summer been? Beautiful. Thank you. Very much enjoying the uh, Women's Euros and the World Athletics Championships. So, yes, it's been a good one. Very good. Very good. Moving to the bottom right of my Zoom screen. It's Holly Hawksford. Holly, same question to you. How has your summer been? Uh, really good. I have started a new job uh, and I have just got back from holiday. So although you lot were uh, were melting in 40 degree heat, I was quite enjoying a breezy 28, 29 degrees in Fertaventura. Splendid. Actually cooler in the Canaries yeah. than in yeah. the UK. Fantastic. Fantastic. Well, there you go. I was going to say I've also been enjoying the Euros and the uh, athletics as well. And last but by no means least, it was a big summer for different reasons than any of the rest of us on the pod. It's Matt Grimshaw. Matt, dare I ask how your summer was? Yeah, I mean, very good. Getting ready for university first season tickets in the wallet ready as well for the, for the new season. So, yeah, raring to go. And is this your first adult season ticket then, which might be a clue as to why it's been such a big summer for you? Well, yeah, yeah. And tell I don't know what else to say other than yeah. Tell us what you're going to be doing at university. Um, well, I'm going to be studying sports journalism um, in Lancashire as well. So, so technically, this is coursework. Is that what we're saying? This is this actually is a credit before you start university. Well, welcome one, welcome all. Uh, I've asked the panelists to consider some questions. We're just going to have a loose conversation, basically, around some topics that will. Uh, surround the new season and then we'll, we'll, we'll just catch up on the issues of the day towards the end of the pod I think I've also got a quiz question at my sleeve if we've got time but we'll see how that goes so hopes and fears for next season what what's it going to be like what's it going to deliver what are we frightened about and again I'm going to go around my zoom window but I'm going to go around in reverse order this time so Matt what's your biggest hope for the season that's about to start on Saturday my biggest hope for this season is basically that we see more of the two Welshmen that we have in the squad, in particular Ryan Hedges. I mean, we worked so hard to get him in January for what half a million when we could have got him for free, and then we barely played him. I mean, I've I've just been a big fan of him ever since we got him, and there's no real reason behind that. So I'm hoping that we get to see a lot more of him this year. Most minutes in pre-season. Does that give us a clue? Well, hopefully. I mean, hopefully it shows that he likes him and he'll play him. And we'll see more of him, yeah. He has a look of Jason Wilcox about me. That won't mean a great deal to you, but uh, he's, he just, there's just something about him. The way when he cuts in on his left foot, I think he has, a, he has a similar sort of delivery. Hit the bar at Lincoln on Saturday with a nice 20, 22, 23 yarder. Could have done with just dipping in the corner and that would have made the day perfectly. But uh, OK, we shall look out for the Welsh contingent then. Holly, what's your biggest hope for the season coming? Uh, well, apart from taking six points from the Dingles, obviously, um, I think my biggest hope is just seeing a different style of football, I guess, and seeing what the new manager brings to the team. I think we're gonna, probably going to see a lot of young talent coming through from the size of our team right now. Um, so, yeah, I think that's that's my, I guess, what I'm looking forward to 
most this yeah. season. We will we will touch on the youth aspect of our squad. There's no doubt about that because I think that's going to be one of the, the the key talking points throughout the season. Linz, what are you looking forward to? We are recording this on the evening that there is a, um, a semi final in a certain competition, so I'm not entirely sure <laughs> we'll have 100 percent of your attention, particularly in about 20 minutes time. But what's your biggest hope for the summer? Can I have two, Ian, to fit in with your with your um topic and with the two loves? I obviously love the men's team and the women's team. So for the boys, I want a fit, healthy, and happy Bradley Duck. If oh, he yeah. can have a, a a good season, a season that makes him happy, that team is going to flourish. So he's obviously had a tricky preseason, um, which is a shame because I think we all wanted we all wanted him to have a really solid preseason. But Scored he is going to be so important. He did, um, and yeah, I think the team is potentially built around him this season. So uh, yeah, fit, healthy and happy Bradley Dack for and the men. Second one. And for the women, I really hope that Rovers get their act together and capitalise on the interest in the women's game at the moment and really promote our women. Um, and today there's been a shift. So they were on BBC Breakfast this morning. They spoke to Gemma. They spoke to some of the RTC girls um, with regards to Georgia Samway and Kira Walsh and Ella Toon, who are all previous Rovers ladies players. Um, and equally, there was a previous Rovers ladies player in the Northern Ireland squad as well. Um, but actually, what I want to see is I want to know more about the women that play for us now the youngsters that are coming through now, the potential that these women have got rather than talking about people that we had to let go because we didn't fund them correctly. I want to be able to buy a shirt and I can't buy a shirt online. I can buy one in the shop, but no one tells me I can buy one in the shop. I want to be able to buy a ticket, but I can't buy a ticket. I can go on and click on and there's no tickets available. I want to know where they play. I want to know when they're playing. Um, And I'm going to keep asking and asking and asking until someone listens. So my hope is they capitalise on this and we get more than 300 people for one game because those girls deserve it. They certainly do. Well, here's something. I'm going to slightly let a small cat slip out of a large bag. Uh, BRFCS is going to sponsor one of the Rovers ladies next season. Uh, I won't tell you who because that, that would be part of the official announcement. And to be perfectly honest, I think contracts are not yet signed if it's something as official as that. In other words, (laughs) we're waiting for the invoice. But when the invoice comes and we've settled it, we we shall make that announcement in due course. And we're going to tie into some things with with the ladies' team. So we're doing our bit. Sorry, Linz, we couldn't afford to sponsor the whole team. Well, you know, the magic only happens every so often. um, (laughs) Unless the podcast can attract so many people in that the advertising revenue makes it. So we're starting small, but, you know, who knows? The important thing is we use our voices. If we can't attend games, if we can't, we use our voice, we use our social media, we keep asking and we keep asking until people listen. And that's what we're going to have to do, I think. Well, fingers crossed the invoice comes soon and we can pay the bill and then we're officially a sponsor of a player and we can tell you who it is and all the exciting stuff like that and we're going to run some competitions around things as well regarding the ladies team as well as the men's team during the season uh, one other brfcs announcement which it, i suppose it would be um, remiss of me not to not to mention it is we've launched an ad free option on the website so if you're a regular user of the forum um, we have had some feedback that says advertisements were getting rather intrusive in other words they're getting bigger and taking up more of the screen real estate on, on, on phones in particular 
So as a result of that uh, that public clamour, we're, we're offering uh, either a Platinum Pass for thirty nine ninety nine for the season, or we're doing a Steve Waggett tribute act, and we've got an early bird for uh, a monthly subscription, so you can have one ninety nine to trial it and see if you prefer it without the ads, or three uh, three ninety nine monthly thereafter. You can cancel at any time, and of course, if you don't want to to subscribe, that's absolutely fine. You can carry on using the forum and the magazine um, with the ads served. So just that's a little public service announcement there from BRFCS. Michael, obviously one of your biggest hopes is that the BRFCS site goes and flourishes and makes loads and loads of subscribers. We'll just take that as red. With regards to the team, what's your biggest hope for the season? No, I think between you and Stuart and whoever else is involved, I know Scott from 4,000 Holes has a lot of input and apologies to anyone I've missed out. But That'll, that'll be Andy and Josh, I think, for the sake of a good order. Andy and Josh, yeah, yeah. No, I enjoy it. It's a good website. And... Um, and in fact, that's one of my big hopes for the season is that, you know, the injection of a new manager um, brings a bit more optimism and positivity to the fan base. It was quite depressing being a Rovers fan through the back half of last season. We hit the heights, you know, this team frightens me and all that sort of thing. After some astonishingly good away performances, Bournemouth, Stoke. Um, and then it just fizzled out and the fans lost faith. You know, people were very divided. You're either a happy clapper or a Mowbray Out Brigade, and I couldn't be bothered with it. It's know? the summer for leaders dividing their followers, though, isn't it? And then setting them against yeah. each other. And, uh, yeah. Is, it, is that mean, a political analogy too far? I'm not sure. It's a political analogy too far in. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, but it's, um, it, it's quite right. You know, um, that sort of tension within a group has, has infected the Rovers fan base as much as it has affected others that I have a proximity to. But... Um, no, I just hope, I hope as well that we learn how to pronounce John Doral Thomason's name correctly. I think there's all sorts of potential to rolling R's. I think is, uh... Yeah, that'll do. I think but, I might you know, stick so with far, so good. Yeah. Yeah, that'll work, that'll work. Yeah, Holly. But, you know, he talks a good game. Uh, let's see who, who he brings in. And... Um, Oh, we got off to a flying start. That's, that's my main hope, anyway. Okay, it's not all roses, though. It never is following Rovers. And one of the biggest, I think... Well, you can't escape the elephant in the room, can you? We haven't signed many players in the summer. In fact, we've signed two. One another, Tyrese Dolan alike. Somebody that's been uh, let through the net by Preston. And if he's half as good as Tyrese, then I'm sure it'll be a good, season, uh, a good signing for us. And, of course, we signed Callum Britton, who made his debut on Saturday and provided an absolutely superb cross for Bradley Dack's goal at Lincoln. But what are we what are we worried about in the season coming? So Holly, I'm going to come to you first of all. What's your biggest fear for Rovers season? Relegation. <laughs> um but actually, I also want to just mention not getting anything for Diaz. Um I'm really worried about that. We seem to fall into this trap of signing people to their 12-month extension and then losing them on a free. It's a a recurring pattern, isn't it? this worst feeling that it's just going to happen again. I've just got a feeling that it's going to happen again because why would people spend... And I think that's that's for me. He needs to have a a really good start to the season and for us to basically take an offer in January. um, Otherwise, he's just going to leave at the end of the season for free. I think that's a very valid uh, observation. There doesn't seem to be... I mean, I, th- I expect things to hot up in the last week of the window, but right now there doesn't seem to be any sustained interest in him in the way that there was perhaps with, with Adam Armstrong. Uh, Matt, coming to you, 
What's your biggest fear for the season that we're about to watch? Uh, well, I think it's a fear that most Rovers fans will share with me. But my, my biggest fear for this season is that on March 18th, when we welcome those who shall not be named to Ewood Park, that we get absolutely embarrassed. We get absolutely played off the park, scoreline and all. Losing to Burnley by a big scoreline, that, that's my biggest fear this season. That they do to us what we did to them in 2001. Yeah, that would just be horrific, wouldn't it? Let's let's banish that thought for the moment, unless it's Michael's biggest fear as well. Michael, what's your biggest fear for the season about to come? Uh, listen, everything everything everyone's already said is, is, is looming in my mind, but my biggest one is a systemic one on the pitch. With, with the absence of Daryl Ennehan, I think we'll get bullied a lot. You know, it's quite a physical division. Yeah. And, and Lenehan brought a certain steel to the team. So did Van Heck. Oh, yeah. And, and I think we're going to we're going to miss that kind of solidity at the back. I love Scott Warren. I think he's a great, elegant centre-half. But he's a young lad. And much as I like, as Travis likes to mix it up and have a scrap, you know, he's not a unit. And I think Bradley Johnson, though, I think it was probably right he went on his way. Yeah, quite possible. Um, you, you could always stick him on if we're going to have a scrap. You know, and suddenly we've got little John Buckley and Trav, and we seem a bit lightweight. Big That's responsibility on Daniel Ayala. Oh yeah, when, he might break when he's on the pitch. Yeah, if if he could stay, well, yeah, if he could stay fit, if he could stay fit, he wouldn't be playing for Rovers, would he? But if he can stay fit for I don't know two thirds of the season, perhaps he might be able to nurture the likes of Hayden Carter, um, maybe even Ash Phillips. We'll see more of. Uh, Lynn, oh, Ian, you are ever the optimist, aren't you? That's wonderful. <laughs> What's your biggest fear for the season upcoming? I think quite simply that it just doesn't work. And I know that sounds incredibly obvious, but I, I think some people have underestimated just what a huge change we're going through from top to bottom. Um, I like J- JDT. I think he comes across really well, but his answer to every question is you need to talk to Greg. Yes. And I don't know anything. I don't know anything about Greg. I'm sure he's a very nice chap. Um, but, you know, it's a new model. It's a new approach. Who's identifying these players? Do we have any money? What happened to this European scouting network? What, you know, are we planning for Ben to go? And I've, I didn't think we'd see Ben in a Rovers shirt again. So I'm really surprised we've had a pre-season from him. And are we investing this money for him then to go? There's just such a change. We've lost some really key people. I was really pleased that Michael referenced Dara because I think Dara seemed to really divide people and I never got it. I thought he was fantastic. I thought we were always better with him on the pitch. I thought his send-off and the reaction from people was poor. Um, and I think he will be a huge, huge loss. And my concern is that we don't start well, or even worse in our case, when we have a decent run and then we fail, that seems mm-hmm. to be even worse than just being rubbish all the time. And that everyone will turn again. He hasn't got the goodwill that Mowbray had, not that he had it from everyone. And if they press the button or if Greg presses the button, or if someone else presses the button who we don't seem to know, are we getting back into a manager every six months, every year stage? And I just don't think as a club we can cope with that. So that is my real, real fear. Yeah, I think that all of those are legitimate. For what it's worth, I'll place on record my biggest hope is that we beat Burnley at least once, because I can do without them sort of like ramming it down our throats as to how many days it's been, how many hours and how many minutes since, uh, since Blackburn Rovers last beat them. So that, that's certainly my biggest hope. Uh, my biggest fear is that we don't bring in the requisite level of experience before deadline day. We are therefore reliant on kids and we expect too much of them. 
Which leads me, rather nicely, I thought, segueing into the next topic, from that crop of kids, who do we think is going to make the breakthrough? Michael, who would you pin your hopes on in terms of making the leap from academy prospect to first teamer? Yeah, I'd say Jack Valian. Um, he caught my eye in a pre-season friendly at Lancaster about three years ago. And uh, all the reports from the pre-season is he's, he's stepping up and he, he's up for this. Hopefully he'll be the, uh, the one that makes the breakthrough into the first team. Because some of the others haven't quite... Well, last Scott Wharton, as I mentioned earlier... You know, Dan Butterworth petered out, didn't he? Yeah, I think that's a good call. Matt, as our youngster on the pod, notwithstanding the fact that you're now technically an adult, who's the youngster that's going to make the breakthrough in the Rovers team? My, um, it links to the sort of the lack of bringing in players and the lack of depth we have in midfield. And for me, I'm hoping and I think that we'll see a lot more of Jake Garrett. He seems to have done well in pre-season. There's glimpses of Lewis Travis in him with the hard tackles and stuff. Oh, yes. I think if 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 he gets a run in, I think he'll do well. If he, you know, if he steps in towards the end because players have got injured, he makes an impact. I think we can we can give him a chance, and I think he'll be the breakthrough player from our academy for me. Holly, who's your prediction? Um, I would agree with both Michael and Matt's, um, I think they've both got a real chance of really breaking into the first team. Um, but I will chuck another name in. I think Michael said his name earlier, Ash Phillips. Um, I think he's definitely got an opportunity to certainly fight for a chance um, and get get his name in, in, the, in the mix. Um, and I, I, if I'm honest, I, I think we might get to the point with our squad depth that they're all of them are being forced if not when they're ready or not, yeah. into the team. So I think it will definitely be down to JDT and the coaching staff to look after them because it is, it's a big task stepping up. Um, it's a completely different calibre of football. It's different intensity. There's a lot more asked of you um, at this level. Um, so, But yeah, Ash Phillips for me is, is one to watch. Hasn't signed the contract yet though, has he? He will. I admire your optimism I'm not so sure he will Um, if I had to put money on where he'll end up it would be Tottenham Hotspur I think I think they want to get us back for Dylan Markham Day but we shall see watch this space you heard it here first it is a predictions podcast after all Linz who do you see making the breakthrough I mean, I don't really watch enough of the 23s if I'm honest Um, and I think it's really it's tricky when you watch them and they're good at that level to imagine who can transition. Um, but I was at Hartlepool where he played the vast majority of the kids. Um, and I think Jack Vale was probably the only one who came away with any kind of credit, including Galley, who was the only senior player on the pitch at one time. And, you know, you wouldn't have known if you didn't know who he was. Um, but I think I think Holly's makes a really fair point that until the window closes, we don't know who's coming in and who isn't. And actually they don't need to be the best footballers, but a lot of it is going to be their ability to cope with the pressure, their ability to step onto the pitch to Ewood for the last 10 minutes, either to keep a clean sheet, turn a game round, whatever. Um, and for me, that's that's when we'll know, can they handle those moments? I don't expect many of them to be started, but can they come on with 10, 15 minutes to go and, and make a difference? Um and, and it was tricky, like being honest, I was watching these kids thinking, I don't know who you are. And obviously we don't have names and numbers on the back. And I was kind of turning to people who I know go to the 23s going, who's that? Who's that? But there was no one really who I looked at and thought, 
I'll see you on the first game of the season, except Vale. Um, but we've been here before with Vale, is all I would say. And we know he does well for the 21s at, at Wales. And we know he's done well for the 21s with us. Can he make that step up? He took his goal well, so maybe. I don't know whether it's fanciful to think that he's got a World Cup place to play for. I don't know whether that's stretching a point too much or whether he might think, well, hang on a minute, if I can score half a dozen goals in the first dozen games of the season... I could be making a very late run to, to make the Wales. Ian, we've team. got a lad from Stoke playing for Chile. There's nothing fanciful <laughs> about nationality anymore, is there? Get him in that, that, that is squad. True. Get him on the plane. That's yeah. a, very, a very good point, very well made. Well, for what worth, I'm going to chuck in the name, a name which I didn't I didn't really recognise until I watched him on Saturday. I don't think he'll make the breakthrough this season, but he's someone I'll have an eye on. It's Jared Harlock. And he came on, and his technique and his vision, he played... I think he touched the ball five times and played five first-time passes, each time through a corridor into space to an overlapping fullback or a winger. And I thought, you've got something. And then he, every time he got the ball, he treated it with respect and moved it around. But the thing that really helped me most of all, he looks about 14 years old. And when, when he came on, I wasn't sure he was the mascot or the substitute. So that saying about policemen looking younger, well... Rovers' first teamers are definitely looking younger. So, not sure whether he'll make the breakthrough necessarily this season. I think Jack Vale probably is the prime candidate, but Jared Harlock, very impressive. Very, very impressed indeed. Hello there. You're listening to the BRFCS podcast, and this bit is simply a mechanism to assist the editing together of two different parts. Sorry to let daylight in upon magic, but there it is. Hello, hello, hello. This is Jay from New York Rovers. I'm the one who uh, posts the stuff on Twitter you agree with, not the other one. So uh, I'm here to make my uh, predictions for uh, the BRFCS podcast. My greatest hope for the upcoming season is that Rovers will defy expectations and be in and around the playoff spots all season long, all while playing entertaining football for a manager that the fan base can get behind and stay behind. Um, my biggest fear is that Rovers will surrender all six points to the club that shall not be named. Uh, predicted finish. I predict Rovers will finish seventh, agonizingly close to finally securing a playoff spot, but playing 46 meaningful matches and still having a chance on the last day of the season. Oh, you want some unsolicited free predictions? Well, of course. Rovers will enjoy their first cup run in years with a run to the quarterfinals of the FA Cup. Sam Gallagher will score double digits in the league. And Ash Phillips will sign. So uh, those are my predictions. Uh, thanks for listening. And... Uh, Follow us on at NYC Rovers on Twitter. Thanks. And now a prediction from our very own Stuart Grimshaw. I think my biggest hope for the season is that we see more progress from initiatives like the Era Express and hopefully success on the pitch attracts a, a larger, more diverse crowd. Um, I also hope that we keep uh, Brereton and that he gets to repeat his uh, early season form from last year. That'll be a nice uh, start to the season. My biggest fear is that we see a return to the 
days of sort of Berg and Ince and Appleton, where it's just one flop after another. That's always a risk. I don't think I don't think Thompson's in the same category as any of them three, but it is a risk, it is a gamble. Hopefully it pays off. Um, finally, I think, um, realistically, you're looking at somewhere around 13th to 15th for Rovers this season. It's uh, part one of a, a transformation. It's not going to happen overnight. I wouldn't say it's a rebuilding. It's a, a, a change in the way of doing things. I think the players are going to take time to settle into the way uh, the new uh, manager wants to do things and yeah I think realistically 13th 15th something like that for Rovers this year for financial reasons the RFCS podcast needs a transition into a sponsorship message this is that transition you're looking for the perfect gift for a football fan aren't you in that case, you need to go to theterrorstore.com and search through the marvellous range of Rovers products. You'll see mugs, prints, bags and much, much more, all in the colours of your favourite team, Blackburn Rovers. And as you are a loyal listener to the BRFCS podcast, enter BRFCS at the checkout to secure a 10% discount. So we've talked about who we think is going to break through into the team, but what about the strength of the division then? Typically, the championship tends to be, you see teams at the top end of the the table that have been relegated from the Premier League the season before. Is that going to be the case this year? Or will Dara Lenehan's Middlesbrough make make a bid for automatic promotion? Let's ask our panel now who they think is going to win the championship. So Holly, I'm going to come to you first of all. Who's your tip to be top of the table come the end of the season? Um, this one was really hard for me because I think you can never really guess how the teams coming down are going to do. Um, I also like to see other teams sort of getting themselves in the mix. So I think my sensible head says Norwich, um, or Watford to be fair, um, but then I'd like to throw in Sheffield United into the mix as well. So yeah, I think they've um, they're making some some signings. Well, I think about two hours ago they've got Rada Cadre on loan. Yeah, I saw that. Um, and they, they nicked us to the Malmo centre back, whose name I'm not even going to pretend to pronounce yeah, on this podcast. Yeah. Um, um, so it definitely seems like that they're taking the players that we're linked to. <laughs> Um, or have been linked to in the past. If Van um, Heck so, yeah, goes there, I, I might think, have to get a United season or, ticket. Yeah. yeah. Um, so I think I'd, out of the three, I would like it to be someone that's not just been relegated, if I'm honest. But who do you um, think is so, going to yeah. win it? Norwich, my... Norwich. my, uh, my, my so does that mean automatically Fulham have to come back down from the Premier League and they can swap over again then and do the yeah. thing that they do? It's like a yeah. one of those German clocks, isn't it? We can only have one in. They one can't. They time. can't be in the same league. They can't the coexist. Can't. <laughs> Absolutely. Okay, one vote for Norwich, Matt. Who's your vote going to? Well, I think if you ask me the question and I look at the transfer window that a lot of Championship clubs have had, and if I look at it without my heart and just with my head, you would say Burnley have had a good window. They've just come down. They've got an exciting young manager but 
I'm a Blackburn fan and I'm not going to say Burnley are going to win the league. And so, I, yeah, I agree with um, what Holly just said. I think Sheffield United are doing really, really good business. And you look at the way they performed under Heckingbottom last season when he came in. I think just look at Rovers when we went there. The, the way that they found a way to win the game, having not performed very well, you know, we were we were seemingly all over them and then they nicked it in the last minute. I think I think Sheffield United are going to win the league for that reason. Interesting. That's a, another one. Another mention for them, but one vote for them. Linz, who would you put your money on to win the title? Oh, anyone but Norwich. Oh, how boring is that going to be if they come down again and get 100-odd points again and get relegated again? Like, oh, honestly, anyone. Well, maybe not Burnley, actually. Anyone but them two. Um, I, obviously, I always agree with everything Holly says, hence why we're such friends. Um, But, yeah, the Middlesbrough and Sheffield United are the two for me. I think Sheffield United are angry. And I think when teams are angry, um, you know, you know, they they always do well, and I think they feel robbed in that playoff semi final. Um, and I think Middlesbrough, if they get promoted, technically are we getting promoted because it feels like <laughs> they're just buying, loaning, and getting everyone we're interested in anyway. Um, and I got sent some stuff this week to say they're definitely getting armor, um, and they've been linked to Galley. Um, so yeah, I think Middlesbrough. But that, that Gallagher link United, is a bit bit weird though isn't it that was a bit yeah weird, I, think. I think so um i i the gossip side of me thinks it's because dara's gone there right. and they're really good friends and obviously the wives are really good friends so i think that's where it's come from um i spend too much time on their instagram accounts so Clearly. i think that's where the link has come from because they're just yeah they're, re- they're really good friends away from football but yeah i'm gonna go Bora. um but no doubt they'll probably finish like 15th now i've said that never underestimate the power of a wife to get a husband to, to live and work where she wants him to i speak wherever i know from my room in sheffield yeah let's say no more about that <laughs> michael who's gonna win the league well, I think from the end of the season, there's going to be a very, very happy Sheffield United fan lifting the uh, the championship trophy. That fan will be Chris Wilder, the manager at Middlesbrough. I think for all the reasons that Lindsay's outlined, and I have no no comparable insights that, to, to hers about um, the mindset of any of the players that might be going in there, and their, their wives, etc. Oh. I just think Wilder knows how to win this division. And I think Middlesbrough probably... Bit like Chris last season. Um, if they had him a little bit earlier, they would have had a run and probably um, secured a top two finish. They're building a good team, and I think I'll, you know, will those of us who are uh, um, who weren't Lenehan sceptics will be proved right that he will be a rock and in the right team he can play at a higher level. And yeah, Wilder's always liked him, hasn't he? He wanted him at Sheffield United yeah. years ago. Yeah. So. He's, he's definitely yeah, the, overla- of, the overlapping centre backs again. Yeah, yeah, the place for his talents, uh, his talents to to grow for sure. Well, we just before the pod started, I just had a look at one betting website. I won't name it because, of course, I'm not condoning gambling. But the inevitable names are at the top in the odds, i.e., Norwich and Watford, because they've got parachute payments. Then you see West Brom, Middlesbrough. There, the team that shall not be mentioned is in the top six alongside Sheffield United. Friend of the podcast, of course, I need to mention this, Connor Pope, um, 442, his magazine. Well, not his magazine, but, you know, he he works for them. Um, They've predicted a top two of Middlesbrough and Norwich. 
with Sheffield United, Watford, West Brom and Burnley being in the playoffs. Uh, Wigan seem to be everybody's favourites to finish bottom of the table, unless Ryan Nyambe can turn that around single-handedly. But in the odds, Rovers were 10th. In the 4-4-2, this is what we're predicting, Rovers were 15th. Uh, For what it's worth, we'll come to our panellists now and see what they think and where Rovers are going to finish. So, Matt... 10th in the odds, 15th in 4-4-2, but where do you think Rovers are going to finish? See, I, I looked at this question and I looked at the previous question earlier when I was doing my prep and I worked out, I basically predicted the entire championship based on how I see their squads, I've seen the window so far. And I put us in 7th, I think it's, it's high and I don't think many people will be expecting it to be as high as that. But I also think that's a good thing because I think that we're not going to be, there's not much pressure for us to do well from outside looking in other fans and things like that. So I think, I think we've got a chance that we'll, we'll be up there, but ultimately we will, we will just fall short, as we always do. So we'll do a Gary Bowyer, is that six. what you're saying? We're just outside. But uh, I'll tell you what will be fascinating. What will be absolutely fascinating, if we've got the balls to stick with it, is to have an absolutely dreadful start where we only win two of our opening 17 games and then have the first half of the season form, the second half of the season, and just keep creeping up the table in every week with a run of about 15 wins in the next 17 games. Everybody go and see, JDT is much better than that Tony Mowbray character (laughs) and just see how it affects the psychology of the fans. Because there's something about being teased with it at Christmas and then having it pulled away. Whereas, if you make slow and steady incremental progress during the season, it feels, I don't know, just feels somehow more more of an attractive proposition. Holly, where are we going to finish? I'm not feeling as confident slash, what's the word? Um, optimistic. Optimistic about Euphoric, uh, our... delusional. Yeah. Um, I would like to, like to hope that we could get into the top half of the, the league. But what worries worries me is just the the, the squad depth, um, lack of experience. Um, and I think Michael said it really well. We're, we're going to be a bit, bit weak at the back at times. And I think it's going to ask a lot of Kaminsky. And I think that's going to put him under a lot of pressure. Um, I can't see us really getting much higher than 12th. Okay. Michael, where are Rovers going to finish? I'm going to go for unlucky 13th. I can't quite see us sinking down. I look at that league and I think, you know, the teams that came up, the ones that have struggled financially, you know, there are are half a dozen worse teams than us, but we're not top six, not by a long stretch. Not when we lost the players we have. Yeah, you look at that table, Birmingham are a financial basket case. Reading are a financial basket case. Rotherham are the Championship League One equivalent of Norwich and Fulham between the Championship and the Premier League. Great away day, but you can only enjoy it every other season. Um, Wigan, uh, as we said, are are probably going to be down there. Um, For what it's worth, I'm 15th, 16th, as with the squad as it is right now. And for every player that we bring in that adds value to the first team as opposed to the squad... I'm willing to sort of say, you know, another two or three place increment. So were we, please, please let it happen. Sign, signing JP back again. 
on loan, I think that would tighten the defence up, and you sort of say that's got to be good yeah. in two or three places. If Ben doesn't go, um, we, we can integrate Jack Vale. You know, that's maybe good enough for two or three places. But I, I would go with 15th right now, I think. So there we go. So we think up at the top of the table, it's going to be a wilder off between his former club and his current club. So we're predicting Middlesbrough and Sheffield United to be there or thereabouts. Um, nobody's tipping Burnley to have automatic promotion. I'll quickly ask you then, Holly, Burnley in the playoffs, yes or no? No. Matt? Um, I'm just checking where, where I did put them in my table, but I think, yes, I've got them coming third, actually. Okay. Yeah. Linz, Burnley in the playoffs? Absolutely not. Michael? No, I, I don't think they will. I think they're in all sorts of financial trouble. And and I think company will have a bit of a rude awakening in the championship. Yeah, I'm hoping that Craig Bellamy will do some of his unique coaching on half the first team squad. And yeah, there'll be teacups flying around and everything. We know Veghorst isn't going to be playing for them, so... No, absolutely not. He made it abundantly clear, didn't he? Although Corney and McNeil are still there, which surprises me. So we'll see what happens. That does surprise me, and I don't think it's going to stay that way. No, no, likewise, likewise. Right, panellists, thank you very much for your predictions. Uh, We shall store those, of course, and we'll come back at the end of the season and either praise you or mock you as appropriate. But uh, thanks once again for your input. Whilst I've got the panellists here, and of course we're, we're... I suppose, toasting a fond memory to Tony Mowbray, I thought we'd look back to possibly Tony Mowbray's most enjoyable evening as Rovers manager, and that was back in Doncaster, of course, and that night in 2018. But I wondered how many of our panellists could remember the starting lineup for that game. So I'm asking you not to Google it. Now, all, all hands must be on the table at all times. So the rules of the game are, I come round, if you name someone correct, you stay in the round... If you get the name wrong, you're out, and it goes to the next person. So, Holly, that night in Doncaster, can you name one of our starting lineup, please? Elliot Bennett. Elliot Bennett, you're saying? He was playing at right back. So, Benno was in the side. Matt Grimshaw, you were there. I sat next to you. Can you remember who, who played that evening? Give us one name. Um, I'll go for David Rea. David Raya is correct. Two down, nine to go. Linz. Well, I mean, I think we're all going to be disappointed if I don't say Craig Conway. <laughs> and, I, and I know he was playing because he broke his foot and the rumours were that I broke it. You trod on it. on it. To get a selfie <laughs> with him. That's not true. Uh, but yeah, Craig Conway. Yeah, wouldn't, wouldn't it have been quite a turn up if he'd not played? But yes, he was. He was out there. So that's three down, eight to go. Michael. Charlie Mulgrew. We've got Mulgrew, Charlie Mulgrew, and we did that night. Four down, seven to go. Back to you, Holly. Danny Graham. Danny Graham led the line, of course. Five down, six to go. Pressure on, Matt. Bradley Dak. Dak was in attack. Mulgrew was at the back. Six down, five to go. Linz. Dara Lenehan. He was. He was in the back four. This is very impressive stuff so far. Michael. Corey Evans. Corey Evans, yeah, he was was the one I thought might trip, might trip you up. So you've done well to to get him out of the way. Holly, back to you. It's the King of Ewood himself. Absolutely. Richard Smallwood. So that's nine down, two to go, Matt. Derek Williams. Good one. Good one indeed. Derek Williams. We'll have to go to the players on the bench at this rate if you're not going to get them. There's one left, Linz, of the starting lineup. There's one left. We've said Derek. We've said we've Derek said, Williams. We've said we? F off, Derek, yes. Yeah. yeah. This was like my favourite season ever. How do I not know this? 
Adam Armstrong. Spot on. Well done. This is very impressive stuff. I'm gonna I'm gonna go to the substitutes bench then in that case. Oh. This is the tiebreaker. <laughs> so there were one, two, three, four, five, six, seven substitutes named on the evening. Michael, can you name one of them? I know you were busy planning your invasion of the pitch, but before you did yeah, that, my yellow coat, yeah. Harry Chapman? Uh, uh. So I'm afraid you're I'm out. I'm out. Holly, can you stay in by naming one of the person that was on the bench? Travis. No, I'm afraid you're out. Matt, can you name one of our substitutes on that night in Doncaster? Three came on as a matter of interest. Was it was Jason Lightweiler on the bench? He was. And you're, and you're still in. And if Linz can't name another substitute, you are our winner. Linz, can you name another substitute? I feel really bad saying it because he's no longer with us, but he is on the photo from that night. So Peter Whittingham. He was on the bench and he was very much with us that night and much missed, obviously, in the world of football. Matt, back to you. Pressure's on now. So two subs um, and five to have a go at. I'm going to go for Jack Payne. Oh, nice one. He came on. Oh. He actually came on. Linz, back to you. No idea who was on the bench. I'm just trying to think of people who made me happy that season. <laughs> um, Craig Conway again. <laughs> Craig Conway again. Um, oh, Antonson. Yes. Pressure's you bought his shirt, Ian. I That's did. The only I was just I thinking know, that yeah. if the camera was pointing the other way, you'd be able to see it. <laughs> yeah. But it's, it's Stewie Downing oh. that's, that's over my right shoulder. So three subs to go. Back to you, Matt. Um, oh, I've got I've got two in mind, and they're, they're both right backs. And now, and I know only one of them will have been on the bench, and, and not the other one. But I'm going to go oh. for Paul Caddis. No. So it's, oh. down, it's down to Linz. Can Linz name one more sub to take the trophy that doesn't exist, except in my head? So we've named one, two, three, four. So there's three to have a go at. Do you want to tell me who the other one was you were thinking of, Matt? No. Um, <laughs> okay, so who was up front? Danny Graham. I think bonus points if Linz gets the sub who came on in the 75th minute. With Jack Payne. Are you joking? Oh. Have you been Googling or have you been carrying that snippet around? No, no, I logged on when, when you... I just me. Googled it, yeah. I needed to know. Okay, it, I'm between Joan no, Nuttall, who is my friend Chris's favourite ever player, and Dominic Samuel, and I'm yes. going to go Dominic Samuel. Correct. Our winner oh, yeah. is Linz. Dominic wow. Samuel I'm, came on. I never win anything Rovers related. That's so exciting. So we also had, and the clue was over my shoulder, not Stewie Downing, but Paul Downing. Oh, have and you got his shirt as well? Is there a shirt you don't have? Even? No, that's, that's, that's Stewie Downing, Morton Pedersen. Oh, right, okay. Uh, Amari Bell. How soon yeah. they forget. Oh. Amari <sighs> Bell. Right, so there we go. That was the quiz. Well done, Linz. Terrific stuff. Thanks once again, everyone, for joining in. Um, and let's hope, let's hope that Rovers can give us a season to look forward to starting on Saturday against QPR. Uh, so Holly, Matt, Michael and Linz, it's been a pleasure. Yeah. Good night, everybody. Thank you very much for your contributions. Bye. Bye. Thank you, Ian. Speak soon. Bye, everyone. See you at Ewood. And a new season, a, a new role on a more permanent basis for you. How, how does it feel to be the new club captain? Uh, yeah, I'm over the moon really. Obviously, I was uh, vice captain last year, and I was always looking to 
made the step up uh, and I said to him, like, I'm ready to step up to the plate. Um, but yeah, I think I'm, I'm overwhelmed, like, yeah. Does it change you as a person <coughs> having the armband on or are you just the same old Trav? No, I'm just the same old <laughs> Trav, mate. <laughs> it, it is only a bit of sort of material, isn't it, the armband, yeah. but psychologically, does it mean a big thing to you? Yeah, it does, I think, um, obviously it means that you're well respected in the group, you're like a natural leader and stuff, which I try and show on the grass. Um, but yeah, I just want to, like I said, kick on and it would just be a dream come true if I um, help Blackburn get to the uh, Premiership with the captain armband on. Do you enjoy it as well, that added responsibility that comes with the armband? Yeah, 100%. I, I like it. I like, I'm very vocal on the pitch and very vocal in training. So, uh, yeah, hopefully we can have a good season. And if it's the manager's sort of choice, the manager's first choice as the captain, does that mean even more that he's looked at the group and seen you as the one who could lead the, lead the team? Yeah, it means a lot, obviously, when a new manager comes in, you never know what he's thinking. He might come in and not really like you, but uh, yeah, um, he seems that like he likes me at the minute, so and obviously he's given me captain, so uh, yeah, Network. If you're shopping while working, eating, or even listening to this podcast, then you know and love the thrill of the hunt. But are you getting the thrill of the best deals? Rakuten shoppers do. They get the brands they love with the most savings and cash back. And you can get it too. Start getting cash back at your favorite stores like Walmart, Nike, Bloomingdale's, Petco, Uggs, Sephora. So many more I could go on and on. And even stack sales on top of cash back. It's easy to use and you get your cash back through PayPal or check. The idea is simple. Stores pay Rakuten for sending them shoppers. And Rakuten shares the money with you as cash back. Download the free Rakuten app and never miss a deal. Or go to Rakuten.com to start getting the most bang for your buck. When it comes to savvy shopping and saving money, Rakuten is a no-brainer. It's free and easy to join. That's Rakuten.com. R-A-K-U-T-E-N. Rakuten. It's the 90th minute. All your mates around. You've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus. Serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.